Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. It's good to see you, Frank. Absolutely, absolutely. You too. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit. Of, thank you for scheduling the the, uh, the podcast with me. Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how you. Uh, you know, started Anytime Mailbox, and uh, if, I, if I'm saying that right, and uh, I want to kind of start from your early beginnings and then go from there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yes, you did say it right. It is, uh, the company is called Anytime Mailbox. There's a couple of things that were going on. One, I had always wanted to start my own business. And, uh, and two, I was working at a company in LA. I'm LA based. I was working at a company in LA. And in, in for part of that company, it was an online marketing company. We had several remote addresses for various mar- marketing strategies. So you have an address in Boston or New York or in, in other major cities to have a presence there. And, and we had those addresses set up so the mail would auto-forward once a week. So they were either with a, a, a traditional peel box store or a co-work operator and Every Friday, they'd forward us the mail. Yeah. And, and that just, uh, you know, there isn't a lot of important mail, but when there is important mail, you want it ASAP. Right? And, yeah. And so we were trying to figure out the best way to solve that problem uh, internally at this company. And, and I ran uh, sales and operations for that company. And, and so in, in looking around the marketplace, we, we thought, just get us the mail. Like, just first off, tell us what's there. So we would call, and no one wanted to. No one wanted to get up and find out what was in our mailbox there. And, and then we said, well, just scan it and send it to us. And no one wanted to do that either. So we looked at the landscape of, well, this seems like a pretty interesting service. Why isn't someone doing it? And there were, there were a couple of companies that were offering a similar, similar service to what we had envisioned or we needed at the time. But they had a physical address or one or two physical locations. And that just seemed like a... First off, it, it, there wasn't a lot of coverage there. And that seemed like a pretty big operational expense. So... At, at the company I was working with, the CTO there is a guy named Marcel Buki, who is now my current business partner. And, and we talked about this and I said, hey, we're trying to solve this. He's like, oh man, I, I've built these white label platforms in the past. We should start a company where we uh, take advantage of the infrastructure that's already out there, which is, you know, for non-UPS franchises, there's about 6,000 independents in the U.S. alone for P.O. Box stores, and then several thousand co-work operators. And this is before co-work exploded like it is now. And so we said, well, maybe we, maybe we got something here. And we could, we could launch this very, in a very bootstrappy way. And then it covers my uh, interest and, and Marcel's interest as well of, of business ownership for, you know, the guy Kawasaki reasons that are out there, right? There's a lot, a lot of sort of wealth creation. And the other is... You know, my dad was a great provider, 
but he was never around. He was working all the time. And, and I said, I have young children and I want to, I want to be around and, and, and participate in raising those kids. So it checked both of those boxes. So we launched Anytime Mailbox seven years ago. There, there happened to be a trade show uh, outside of LAX uh, for uh, the, the PO Box store industry. We went to Vistaprint and got our little logo golf shirts and, uh, and, and printed up business cards and threw up a, you know, a little booth and, and we went for it. And that was, uh, that was seven years ago. And now we are in, I think we're up to 18 countries, primarily U.S., but expanding globally pretty rapidly. We have wow. over 650 uh, locations. We've turned up tens of, tens of thousands of uh, subscribers for the service. And, uh, and it's awesome. exciting. So, so take, tell me about, you were working for another company. What was the other company called? It was called TechTerra. TechTerra. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this, this company was, you were an executive or were you kind of an employee under the CTO or? No, I was, I was on the management team and I was, yes, I was executive. I ran sales and operations for the company. That was an operations. Okay. Yeah. Not, not an owner, but you know, when I think of executives, I, I think like the, the, the executives that would probably make the best entrepreneurs are executives that are in sales and, and marketing. Um, because it's harder for like a CTO, for example, or a CFO to start their own business. Well, that does happen. It's, it's definitely a lot harder. It's just a different mindset. It's a completely different world um, to start your own company as opposed to being an executive, in my opinion. Uh, is that how you felt? I think so. I, you know, Marcel is, is a unique CTO. I mean, he, and I say this, uh, I'm sure he's going to listen to this podcast and I <laughs> called him it this morning. I think he's, yeah. you know, he's a nerd, right? He likes being a nerd and, and you want your CTO and, and, and develop, you know, head lead developer to be nerdy. But at the same time, he has very, very good business instincts. Um, he's, he's terrific on the accounting side. He comes from, uh, he's Swiss and he comes from a, <laughs> go figure. He comes from a banking background and, uh, and his family was, uh, was really solid in the, the graphics side. I think his mom is a graphic designer. So he has these other unique qualities. But on, on my side, for, from a, a leadership perspective, sales helps a lot because I'm a, I'm a major optimist, right? I'm always like, the next deal, this is going to oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be but while, while at the same <laughs> time, so there's that vision thing you have to hold sort of in your container, right? It's like you have to have the vision and the North Star. And, and, I, and I really bring that to the table. But at the same time, I good salespeople, I think I'm a decent salesperson, have to be well organized and, and operationally in attuned. So yes. you can you can get the verbal, but yeah. it doesn't turn to revenue unless it gets operationalized and implemented. And and that was I would say that was even more of my strong suit than the than the sales part. It was actually following it all the way through the end and then making sure it's continuing to generate revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, the salesperson is the guy that brings somebody in and the person that actually makes it possible for you to service the client, as, which is part of the sales process too, it's half of the sales process, but also to scale requires operational efficiency, 100%. And yeah. I, I would say not many salespeople have operational efficiency. <laughs> no, and we're not, that, that's right. And, and, and in, a, in a more mature and larger organization, you have hunters and farmers, right? Uh, we, I mean, we, we do have, uh, we're starting to build that part out in our business, but we all have to carry out, you know, wear a lot of hats. And so I've always been able to manage both, but you know, someday yeah. maybe we'll have pure hunters and pure farmers, but, but we're not there yet. Yeah. I manage so many hats. I wear so many hats. It's crazy. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So then when you decided to like, how did you, 
how, how was your initial conversation with the CTO when you wanted to, you know, go from working for a larger corporation to starting your own company? What, what did that look like? We were both, we've both been there for many years yeah. and that, that, that model was changing as well at the time. So that's always creates some necessity to maybe look at doing other things. And we, uh, we've been, you know, fairly prudent with socking away some money and we, neither one of us, uh, you know, we're fairly frugal. And we said, Hey, let's, let's, let's both put a little bit of money into this and put some time into it and give it, you know, six months or so. And, and at that time reassess and, 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 and then if it's moving forward, you know, just continue to go for it. So it was, it was a very classic situation where, well, first off, it helps to have a business partner. We're a SaaS company. We're a classic SaaS company. And it helps to have your business partner be a developer. Okay. So, um, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, maybe a month's time, he was able to spin up a, a pretty solid uh, prototype or beta for our service that then I could go out and start pitching to potential customers. And those, and those customers are locations, right? We That's wanted awesome. to go to a P.O. Box store. The you know, average P.O. Box store has three or 400 renters. Go to a P.O. Box store, say 10% of your renters must, uh, must hate the fact that they can't see their mail right away. They have to drive there to get it. Or they're, or they're situated remotely, whether it's in the U.S. or internationally. And this would be a great service for them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, go ahead. So just, just to clarify, so what, what you guys do is you have like uh, mailboxes throughout the U.S. And what you do is via your technology portal is when people get that mail, you somehow uh, make, the, make that, that mail accessible to anyone in the world, wherever they are. Um, regarding if, if they have a mailbox sent essentially um, bought through your company. Yeah, that, that's right. If you, uh, if mail came in for you, Frank, at, at an address, whether that's a PO box store or a co-work operator, a virtual address for you, when that mail comes in that low, we call them an operating partner that, uh, that mail center operator would scan the front of the envelope or envelopes you've received. And then you can alert, Hey Frank, you've got, you've got some mail. You open it up in our app. You can see the front of the envelope. And then it's actionable. So the USPS offers this service today, some of this service today through informed, really? informed delivery. And I think they've signed up like 20 million users. I mean, it's, it's big. So, okay. So you can get an email. Well, I receive it. I get an email every day from the USPS that says, hey, this is what mail is showing up at your house today. The difference with our service is when you see that credit card offer from American Express that you get three times a month, you can, it's actionable. So you can click on that act, that mail item and say, shred it. Oh, nice. I love it. But can but you, if you open it? You can't say open it. Though, right? Yeah. So let's say you're on vacation you get a letter from, I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know where you located, but it's from a state, uh, a, a, a government entity. And you say, Oh, I'd like to know what's in there. You could, you could direct them to open and scan the contents and they, they'd scan that into a PDF. Or, of course, forward a package. So somebody would be managing this, right? That's right. So these local operators uh, are, are managing that service offering. Are you ever worried that maybe somebody could be uh, not scrupulous and, and do something to steal content? Or have you ever worried about that? You know, I think there's a lot of things I could worry about uh, in yeah. life in general. In this case, I'm not. We've We've turned up. Literally tens of thousands of subscribers on this, and we have tons of locations. It has not come up once. So, and, I, and what I would say is, there's much more risk of having your mail delivered 
in your mailbox at your house right now? I mean, is everyone losing sleep because someone's maybe walking up to the door and pulling out the credit card office and signing up? It's, it's better than that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking that because I think some of the audience members will ask that. If you address it here, then it kind of uh, quells their, uh, you know, uh, uh, concerns, you know. So regarding um, – so you get a you get with a CTO. Did you think that? How did you know that there was such a market need for this? Was it because you looked at the UPS orders and and people that signed up to their service and uh, and realized wow, there's a huge market for this? Or because like when I initially like my my initial thoughts on this, this is an awesome service, right? But sometimes great ideas don't have a market. And so did you do like some market analysis be, before you started the company? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I mean, a tiny bit. The market analysis was, I wanted the service. Right. I wanted it, it made sense to me, and I knew we weren't alone because there were, I mean, the, the, yeah. the extent of the market analysis was, we talked to uh, one of the associations in the space, and they said, yes, there are 6,000 of these independents, and on average they have you know, 200, uh, customers at those locations. So we said, okay, there's, a, there's an addressable market here. Where we made a mistake and we had to pivot, overused term, but it's a good one, is we, we expected those local operators to sell the service for us. We said, hey, we're software guys, we're just gonna give you this service, and then when someone signs up, we'll do a rev share on the back end. Yeah. What happened was they didn't sell anything. Very little, we had about 30 locations and we had maybe 50 50 customers signed up over the course of a couple of months and we're like, uh-oh. Do, do, do you feel like every product or service is hard to sell for, to, to, to some extent? Like, I, I, I think that there's some products that are easier to sell, yeah, harder to sell, but do you feel that you ran into that? Like, okay, this is a great idea. It solves a really great problem, but it's still we have to figure out the sales process because it's, it's, it's harder than we thought. Sure, I, I, and I think it's you know, alluding to what we talked about earlier. It's not just the initial sale. You you could have a good service that the concept is good, so people sign up for it. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't fulfill yeah. what they're asking for, yeah, it's tough. And and I think that's one of the things that was very helpful for us. We felt like we, there was this was a good service, but we had to package it right and, and be able to get it out to the marketplace. So we ran into if I may continue we. So we said, wait a second, we were online marketing guys. Why don't we build a site and we'll publish the locations on our website yeah. and we'll find the customers, which in turn will help us find more locations because we're going to gen generate revenue for these locations. So that's what changed everything. So we published these first 30 locations and, and started to, with a very modest budget, I'm talking $500, to start to test Google AdWords and say, can we get this to back out? And, and we did, and we weren't very good at it, and we did, right? We said, okay, this actually, this we're going to get better at this, so let's spend $750, let us spend 1000 And so, we, you know, it took us quite a while to now get, you know, we have a pretty, pretty, pretty massive budget today. But we, uh, we were able to, I think because we started off so modestly, and because I, I had such a, you know, my partner was a software developer in, in a SaaS business, whether it's your business partner or the vendor you're working with, they, I mean, I've heard a lot of horror stories about just not being able to move quickly enough or not being able to afford it and you just can't get things up and running. We, we were able to give ourselves a pretty good ramp to figure out the right model for this to then start to get some real traction. And that traction was doing a pivot 
and doing the marketing ourselves to, to both create a, a demand for the service offering for a virtual, a virtual address, which now in this world of virtualization and you know, a dispersed company or distributed company. So we're a fully distributed company, by the way. We have 40 staff members. We don't have an office anywhere, zero offices. Um, and so, so we were able to, okay, we're starting to generate customers. So now more local operators signed up and, and, and next thing you know, it's on. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. When did you see like some glimmers of hope? Like when you first started the company, like when you, when you, decided you're going to run a company with a CTO and then, you know, when did you start going, okay, the, the, this is getting somewhere? Yeah. Well, the, the first glimmer of hope was just the idea, right? Cause you're like, this is going to be awesome. And then, and then um, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then, then, it, then it took a little while. We went at this yeah. first, this first trade show we went to, the feedback was not positive. I must say uh, we left that pretty, pretty, pretty feeling pretty deject, dejected. But we, we hung in there. It was probably, we, we got enough of a, a excitement, you know, six months in, maybe, maybe even 90 days in, where we had a couple of locations sign up for it. So that just got us a little excited to push forward. And then it was really, it was almost a year and a half in, I think, of just kind of grinding and not, not really starting to take off where we, until we figured out the formula and it, and it did come down to this lead gen side of it, right? Where we were in control of, of finding, uh, really handling the marketing piece of it that it started to take off. And, and with the SaaS model, you can, you just back it all out. You say, this is what it costs to acquire a customer. And this is what their lifetime value is. And this is how many you're churning. Does the math work? Yes. So keep, you know, basically spend as much as you can while that, while that math still works. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, and, uh, and so that was on Google, right? You were starting to see lead generation through Google and that was really, um, affecting your, your bottom line and, and helping improve it. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It was all, it was all AdWords and, you know, a little bit of Bing and we have since, uh, moved into, uh, Facebook in, in that. Nice. Let's talk about that. I, how, how has that been for you doing Facebook ads? Yeah, it's been good. It's, there's a lot, to, I mean, we're a pretty small shop, so it, it's been a, a slow process just from a resource perspective. You know, with Facebook, you can test so much more quickly and easily, but you, you have to be able to create all those ads to test, right? You know, all, the, all of those assets. So we've been building out that team, you know, slowly but surely. And, and, and I'll also add that we have, most of our company is offshore. So I, our, our software development team, we have, we have a team in the Philippines and a team in Vietnam and our customer support is all in the Philippines as well. So we, we, we've offshored all that and it's been a terrific, I, I mean, I can't tell you how great it's been. I, I, the first, our first couple of hires for offshore support, I, I put an ad in Craigslist Manila, <laughs> literally. And those, uh, those two folks are, are still with us today. And, and we created a I have some pretty great offshore people too actually um, I agree with that approach it, 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 I don't think the the concept really makes a difference it's mainly just focusing on the right people right yeah uh, yeah right people and I think right country maybe for um, for what you are, are trying to hire for but it's been yeah it's really been awesome for us it's been it's been a huge um, a really huge huge win for us in 
and, and, and being able to scale the company. So, so to, to get back to Facebook, as we're building out our team to be able to scale even more uh, uh, from a marketing perspective, we are finding, yeah, we're finding resources in the Philippines who it's not just pure customer support. It's, it's you know, for all different kinds of uh, job, job functions. I love it. I love it. What, what else are you hiring for? Like in the Philippines? Um, well, we, so we, we recently, uh, we're in the process of bringing out a trainer. So yeah. we have almost 20 customer support people and, and we need, uh, <laughs> we need a trainer, right? As, as yeah. we, as we scale, it's like we, we do our, the, the, the team that runs. So in the U S we have a VP of operations, a, a woman, Natalie Strader. She was, uh, she joined not long ago and she, we knew her from the past as well from that company. So we brought her on and she's, uh, she listens into calls and so doesn't her, the, the operations manager, but we, you know, full-time person, right? We need to just keep getting better, better at the, at the support side. We're hiring uh, ad support. So it's really about assets, asset management around ads. So you can, you have to, to be able to do A-B testing, you need an A ad and a B ad, right? And if you want to do A-B testing 50 times over, you need to have 50 ads and, be, and upload them onto Facebook. And then, oh, by the way, track what's actually happening. And yeah, sure, there's these- A lot of work, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and we're, you know, we're now getting to a place where we can, we can do that. And, and there's, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of value. So we're still very, I'd say we're super bootstrappy, but continuing to slowly, uh, take on projects that, that make us sort of play with the, the, the bigger boys and, and just run a cleaner operation. So you've seen success. Uh, what, what has been uh, a, a challenge for you in the past? What has been something where maybe you doubted whether you doubted your decision to start this company or maybe you just, you know, thought you may may have wanted to quit. I'm, I'm sure yeah, everybody has moments where they're like, man, I don't know if this is the right decision, but did you ever, did you ever have those doubts? And, and can you walk me through challenges that you had uh, in your business? Yeah, there was, I mean, early on I was, I, I started to hedge a little bit. I took a little bit of consultant, consultant gig on this side. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going <laughs> to work out. Right. I mean, this is where we, before we really started to dial in the Legion lead gen piece of it and you know i have a family right yeah um i i do I, i'm part of a you know a ceo organization we get together vistage i probably can mention that yeah. out there people know yeah. Vistage. i joined a vistage group and yeah it's like yeah i'm not alone that i wake up once in a while at three in the morning going is this thing i mean still right it's like is this gonna is this gonna work out man how are we gonna get to that number yeah. i mean we just we just had a super strong february we're we're, we're ahead on revenue or we're you know, under what we budgeted for expenses. And, you know, so I celebrate that in my mind for uh, 10 seconds. And then I think, oh man, March, man, we got a big nut in March, right? Like, <laughs> so I, I think that I have a lot of the, the, the typical concerns that a business owner or entrepreneur has, you know, inside their ears. And I, I don't know. I, I have a fair amount, like many of us do have a lot of life experience and, and I just know that I just need to just keep showing up and not being afraid to uh, talk to my partner when I am concerned about something. And it's sort of like just looking under the hood all the time and not, not, you know, getting a letter and putting it in the, in the drawer cause you're scared of what's inside of it. Right? Right. You, it it's measuring what's, what's happening. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific situation with us where, 
with Anytime Mailbox that we had to, we had to really overcome. And I can't, maybe because I feel like we're doing that all the time <laughs> is, is, I mean, there are challenges consistently, you know, that, that really come up. I, I would say that I do have a pretty, I, I, I would say I'm fairly consistent with my routine. I'm an early bird. So I'm up at, my alarm goes off, but you know, 4.30. Um, I don't get up at 4.30, but I'm up by five. And I'm working out, you know, I'm not etched in stone. I, people would would probably not guess that I work out every day, but yeah. I go there to just to uh, to have that consistency of getting a little endorphin thing going. I try to consistently meditate. You know, again, I'm not like going into a cave for an hour. It's uh, we're talking sub ten minutes, right? And so I do these routines to keep my head straight because there is there are constant issues and constant decisions that come up here that we're, we're trying to we're trying to work through that could bring a lot of fear and uh and concerns what uh, depending on how grounded i am got it got it so regarding um you're still putting together systems that will help you scale right um you you, you have scaled to some extent already um and you've you've hired people you know uh in other countries to help you do that, to help you do so. Uh, what are like some tips you can impart on, on people listening to this that, that you kind of learned along the way that, you know, you probably could have, you know, through certain circumstances, you could have probably, probably done something different or changed course or whatever the case may be. What, what are things that you would impart upon people that want to learn how to scale their business? I think it's this balance of doing some planning and, and, and the planning is, I mean, there isn't much that takes a ton of, a ton of time. So when I say planning, it's like sit down and, and write out what, what you're trying to overcome and, and then just go for it. Like don't, don't delay, right? I think we all spend a lot of time talking about stuff. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Or I'm scared of doing this. I'm scared of doing that. And so that the hiring customer support, in, in the Philippines is maybe is maybe a good example of that, but never done that before. Um, we, we tested it out. We, we test, we needed some support. I was the support person for everything. I, I was, I was handling it all and it was, okay, let's think this through. What can go wrong? What can't go wrong? There's a book. Um, it's, uh, I have it right here, but it's, it's, it's about this, uh, this exercise of sitting it out and doing some writing. And again, it's sort of like my meditation thing. You don't have to go to a cave and meditate for an hour. It's like five minutes. Sit for five minutes and try to follow your breath. Like the the, the ROI on that is enormous and it's free. Okay, and yeah. I'm not a good meditator, and I've been doing it for years. I stink at it. Right. I hear hearing meditation is like something that people should should do. Um, I, I I feel like throughout my day it's always hectic, and maybe meditation would help. Uh, but you know, people like you all the time telling, you know, telling me to meditate and, and do that. So what difference does it mean for you? It just slows things down. It, 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 it uh, the pace at which I think the pace at which I handle things coming at me, it seems like it, you know, it's sort of like a recording when you crank up a recording to, yeah. you know, two times, it's, it's like, wow, it's pretty frantic. And if you, if you, if you slow it down, which, you know, no, no one does on a podcast, right? And probably not on this one. <laughs> but yeah. if you slow, if you slow it down, it just you can digest things more quickly. And I just feel, I, I guess, I'm not as frantic. I, I'm I'm not as frantic. I'm just more more stable. And and my point with that is, 
it doesn't, uh, nobody has time. Nobody has five minutes to do it, but that's like, that's nobody wants to start. Nobody wants it's to. It's a joke. Yeah, of course you have five minutes, right? Tell me how many times you've been online today looking at the headlines uh, or is the market, cra is the market crashing? Is Corona going to take yeah. things over? You know, what's going on with Super Tuesday? I mean, it's like all that. Look at your screen, uh, the screen timer. Yeah, right. So, so to try to be specific with answer your question, I think it's, it, it's scheduling some time. What's really helped me, and I and I am always trying to sharpen the stick with organization, organizational tools for me, is booking time on my calendar to say, hey, I'm going to try to figure out how to do customer service in the Philippines, and and scheduling 30 minutes on my calendar sometime this week, and then and then the other trick is when it pops up to actually do it. Yeah. Right? And, and then go for it and, and, and unwind it. If you know, most decisions can be unwound pretty quickly. If, if there are mistakes there, you want to improve. So you're super intentional about the, the things that you need to, to focus on. Um, I mean, I try to be, I, I would, you know, yeah. I'm self-critical, but yeah, I, I, you know, the reality is, yeah, I do a pretty, I think I do a pretty good job of that. Awesome. Okay. And so what are your goals now? Like, what are you trying to, are you trying to expand globally or, um, I know you have like staff, but like how many mailboxes do you have? Well, it's not something we disclosed. I just I, I kind of oh, keep yeah. alluding to, you know, tens of thousands. And let's just say we're, you know, get, getting close to six, six, you know, six figures. Wow. And, and wow. so we, yeah, we, we, the idea is one of these concepts that we have is this idea of an address for life where I know when I was, uh, you know, 20 to 35, I moved an embarrassing number of times. And it was always a nightmare to have to deal with my snail mail and do a change of address. And so we, we think for uh, a modest fee, you can get a, a mailbox address with us for $9.99 a month. And that address can be one you use for the rest of your life. And so we, so these are, this is a concept we have, we've done a tiny bit of testing on it. So a goal is to say, hey, how do we start to really test this this concept on Facebook, on, on AdWords, and try to you know, create some awareness about, about this idea. And we have several other ideas around this, around security, for example. So I, I mean, we're very bullish on this, on this idea, right? That you can, you can have one address that, that, that's used for the outside world, and, and, and how do we scale that? And I think we're, we're in a good position now to be able to scale. We have a lot of marketing expertise to be able to do that. And we're generating enough revenue to do that. So, so that part is very exciting for us. Yeah. What do you love about your business right now? What do you, what do you, what do you love uh, to do on a daily basis that really energizes you consistently? I do. I'm, uh, I'm, I am focused on just being more efficient and operationalizing things. So I, I, I do really like working with my team to talk to them about how we can operationalize a process and, and sort of train them to do it. So frankly, I don't have to do it and then <laughs> operationalize it so we can push it out throughout the entire team. And, and because we're uh, yeah. most, most of our services, if not all are software related that once you operationalize it, it's like, and, and you, and you build the tools for software yeah. perfective, it's, it's like, it's on, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it again. And so that, that part of it excites me. I want to ask you details on how you operationalize everything. So what are you doing to make things more operationally efficient for your company? 
Um, like what, what are the things, your, your processes that you're putting in place that help you scale? Wow. I mean, let me, let me look at my email for a second and see what's in. <laughs> are there a lot of things that you... Well, sure. I mean, everything, right? We, you know, everything that comes in. Um, so let's, let's say reviews, customer, customer, customer reviews is an example. So yeah. there, you get good reviews and you get bad reviews. And, 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 and that's a really big part of the online world that we have, you know, I'd say thousands of really good reviews and we have a handful of bad reviews and but people like to zero on the bad reviews. So how do we, how do we first off generate more positive reviews? So what, what, what are the things we can do to make that happen? And that's, that's as simple as now I'm on zoom all day long. And so we'll have a quick call and someone's a note keeper or a scribe and we just throw out all the ideas we can do to generate new, new reviews. Right. We, spend, we spend money on software to send them a quick email after the fact that we just ask them when we're on the phone, like what are all the things we can, we need to do to do that? And then what do we do to respond to negative reviews and how do we, how do we solve those problems? And then, and then we, so we, we agree on what we're going to start off doing and, and it'll probably change. And then we implement it and just measure it once a week and, and re- go back and see how, how are we doing with this in, in, in a set weekly meeting. So w- one thing that is, uh, what, what I know, what I'm kind of understanding from your company is that one thing that makes you operationally efficient is the fact that you guys are so technologically savvy. Uh, and so I don't think that's it. You don't think it's it really? I don't think that's it. I mean, it helps. Believe me, we, we know it helps, but it's more like there just isn't a lot of BS. We're like, okay, we have this issue. Let's talk about it. Let's not talk about it forever. Let's like talk about it now or have a meeting in, in a 30 minute meeting and come up with some ideas and implement them and measure them. Yeah it's instead of like, Oh, this is a good idea. Let's, let's like talk about it forever and never do anything or do it and then never measure it. It's like, let's talk about it. Let's come up with something ideas. Let's make sure it's not going to cause a major problem. If we implement it, hopefully that doesn't happen. Right. And then implement and measure and then, and then change. So just putting a focus on it and then always making sure that you're implementing and measuring everything. Yeah, that's right. Implementing, measuring, fixing, and you know. I think I think the biggest problem with entrepreneurs is they don't put a focus on putting systems in place, and so because of that, you know, there's not they're they're always focused on the sale pretty much, and they're not focused on the overall like the ten thousand foot view of of how to scale a company and how to make everything go smoothly, keep your clients happy. Uh, do you feel that's like what most the mistake that most entrepreneurs make is they don't even put a focus on, on systems in the first place? I don't, you know, I can't, I, I don't know. I can't speak for others. And I, I, I think a lot of it is just hanging in there. Actually. I think the mistake that most entrepreneurs make is they don't give themselves enough runway or time to, for something to work. You know, we're seven years into this thing and in a couple years in, it was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And, and that could have been a point where we quit for sure. And I think a lot of people would have, and we, <laughs> but we hung in there and, and then it started to go. So it's, it, it's giving yourself enough. enough was that time. ever an option to you in your mind to quit ever? Pardon me? Was it ever an option in your mind to quit? Yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sure. I was like, I mean, an option, of course. I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know if this is going to work. And I, you know, put a bunch of time. What is that going to mean for me financially? What is it going to mean for my ego? And I tell my friends, oh, I finally started a company and failed, right? All, all, those, all those fears came up. But these are, I mean, we're humans. This is stuff that runs through our brains all the time. And it's just like, okay. And that's actually where meditation helps a little bit. And again, I'm not like some guru with meditation. <laughs> not at all. It's just, 
Like, oh yeah, okay, that's just my brain talking, and you have you had your moment, go away, and now let's yeah. you know, let's let's yeah. take some action here. Let's what do you do? Meditate? You just like sit on bed, or sit sitting in the bed? Yes, or? I sit down anywhere. Oh, actually, I lie down. I the sitting, like the whole like sitting and keeping your spine straight is like no. I'm like, why? I'm, so I lie down on my couch or my bed. I put a timer on for whatever however many minutes I think I can handle it, and that's always sub ten minutes. And I just try to count, you know, count my breaths up up to eight and back and forth and by the time i get to two i'm thinking about work and you know whatever and then i just reset so it's yeah. have you ever thought about uh bringing on like um more partners or investors or um doing things like that sure yep i've thought of, thought, thought of all those things in in where we are today i think some of that has to do with um, how big the market is, maybe not how big the market is, but how quickly someone sort of could come in. Like, do you need to have this really big first mover advantage? And I think, you know, we are, we have a pretty big first mover advantage. There's, a, there's one or two companies out there that's about our size. And then after that, there's like, we've gotten a very good head start here in this space. Now bringing in a, a, a third party, like a, a venture company or something like that, that certainly could help us scale and we've considered that and we still consider it once in a while. It's good to be open to it. Not everybody's yeah, open to that's it. That's right. You know? We're not sure where it's going to go. I think it's a matter of having the right, you know, just the right, the right partner and, and that, that, that gels with us. And, and we may be open to that. We're, we're at a place now where we're get, starting to get calls, right. From whether it's a VCs or, or private. How do they know? How do they know to give you calls? I, I've never gotten a call by a VC or like, how do they know? Like, that you, we need to call Matt, or I, I mean, is there something? You know, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been from, from uh, you know, investors that looked up the service because they think it's a service they wanted, right? They're like, oh, oh. I kind of need this because this is like, this is a pain. And it's like, oh, wow, there's people who are actually doing this. And they start to look like, wow, these guys are in 18 countries and have 650 locations. Like, wow. Let me, let me talk to them and see what's going on here. Um, yeah. And then also just a keyword, I, I'm, my guess, I've never asked this, I should, I think the, you start to look at the search terms and we, you know, every month the search terms go up for virtual addresses, virtual office, digital mailbox, the, these types of terms, you know, just because of globalization, these digital nomads, people want, wanting to be flexible, all those reasons. So I'd say, we're, you know, we're, we're very open to some investment, but we've been lucky we've been able to not do that, right? So we have a lot of, a lot of flexibility right now. And, and we want to continue to have that flexibility. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, cool. So what do you do besides um, business? Like what do you do on, on your spare time? Well, I have uh, a wife and I have three kids under I have a, a five year old, a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so that's why I get up so early in the morning. Cause that's the only time I can sort of, you know, it's really sort of my me selfish time. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I mostly just, Hang, hang with my family. I, I, I put the time in there because that was a, a big goal of mine. And when, when I don't do that, I, I've gone back to playing tennis, which I hadn't done for 30 years. My oh, wife's yeah. quite, quite sporty. And so that's something, yeah. what if, you know, I try to invest time in my relationship with my wife and then, uh, and then go to bed early. <laughs> what, uh, that's great. Uh, where, where, do you, uh, where do you live currently? In what city? I live in, uh, in, Los, in the west side of Los Angeles, in Pacific oh, okay. Conference. We should definitely get together one time and play tennis. I haven't played in a while, but 
uh, I stink. Okay. And, you know, tennis <laughs> is one of those sports you got to be careful. So I'm probably a, a three, five, if that means anything to you right now with the goal of becoming a four Oh, uh, by the end of this year. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a hacker and, uh, but it's fun. And I, you know, you compete in business, but I haven't, haven't competed, uh, physically in, you know, a couple of decades. So it's really great to start to, uh, yeah, you play golf get out there and I need it. I'm realizing like, I really, wow, I really, I really yeah. need this. And in, in it helps me. Oh yeah. He makes a huge difference regarding your health and just your overall mood for the day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You hit, you know, it's just sports are, sports are fun. I played them all growing up, but I just got away from that. So, uh, yeah, it's just, just keep trying to, trying to keep it simple, doing the, doing the basic things I need to do to keep my head straight, my body straight, investing in my family and yeah. you know, um, do you, do you play anything other than tennis, like golf or anything like that? I do. I'm also a bad golfer and, <laughs> and, I, and my, my wife and I I'm, both, I've never, yeah. I haven't really played uh, golf, uh, for a while. So I mean, maybe we can suck together. I don't know. Yeah. Let's start with tennis. It's just less time. I think that's why yeah. that's, that's not, I don't think it is. That is why we, we, we're, we're going after tennis cause you can sort of get in and out in a, you know, hour, hour and a half and the, I'm looking forward to the day I can play golf and it's just not, it's just not, I can't do it now. And that's, and that's okay. I mean, how, how long do go, your golf games usually take? Like three, three to five hours usually? Yeah. I, th well, I think depending on where you're playing and, and how you're playing, right. It's at least, you know, two and a half, three hours to get around. And I mean, that's on the course too. So driving there, you're, you're looking at four to six hours and I just don't, I don't have that time on the weekends and I, don't, I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. Right now. Or, well, I should say, I don't want to make the time for it right now because I've got other other priorities and trying to run my business. Well, I was thinking about doing golf. See, whatever I do, like add an activity on my schedule, I usually am, um, I try to be as strategic as possible regarding regarding what I'm adding to the schedule. So like what I'll do is I think what I'm going to think I'm going to start doing is when I, I'll have like a bunch of people, I'll invite a bunch of people to like uh, a golf game. And maybe get like three or four guys, five guys maybe, uh, but yeah. they're all potential prospects of mine. And and then, yeah. but what I also want to do is I want to make it so that it's like the people that I'm inviting are also valuable to everyone that's coming too. So like I'll, I'll connect people that have like similar clients and stuff like that, and but like CEOs that could that could be great deals for me. Um, that's what I'm thinking about doing that. Cause I have a sales rep on my team. She's like, you do, you need to do golfing. She's like, she, she closes so many deals, you know, with, with golfing and it's mm. something you need to do. Everybody tells me. So. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's fine. 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 What you know, you're comfortable with. And, um, okay. So if, if, uh, how, how do people, uh, get a hold of you if they want to, you know, reach out to you or they want to use your service? So, um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, of course. Um, but our, our company is anytime mailbox it's just anytime mailbox.com and my, you know, Matt, Matt going G O I N G and, you know, feel free to reach out. 